This is The Gem on the Queen's Crown, a podcast talking about Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports. Here's the host, Lee W. Mowen. Episode number 27 of The Gem on the Queen's Crown takes us to Miamisburg, Ohio. Again, you can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, the iHeartRadio app, Acast, CastBox, Player.fm, Anchor.fm, Overcast, PocketCast, Podchaser, Podbay.fm, Listen Notes, Radio Line, Spreaker, Podbean, and probably many others that I have forgotten about. Today is a very special episode, as they all are, but... I'm with my friend and my color commentator for a couple of Vikings basketball games a couple years back, Ron Russo. Hi, Lee. How are you? Hey, Coach. I'm doing great. How about yourself? Good, good, good. I'm looking forward to this one because, like I mentioned, you helped me on the broadcast I did with GemCitySports.com. A lot of great basketball. Right. A couple boys' games and a couple girls' games to boot. Um, You are the former head coach of the girls' basketball program here at MHS, and you're a teacher here at Miamisburg, and also you help out with SundaySports.com as part of the broadcasting crew. Yeah, that's fun for me. I've, since I've gotten out of coaching, it keeps me in touch with the game. I get to watch games, talk basketball, maybe people listen. But, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And Sean Stidham's a good guy and giving me some opportunities to work with him the past couple years over there at Sunday Sports. So it's, it's fun. keeps me around the game, get to watch the ball. So, Ron, let's begin the interview, shall we? All right. Where are you from? East Dayton. East Dayton. Uh, grew up in East Dayton, two blocks away from the Blonde Bomber, Al Berkey. <laughs> they used to play for the Flyers. Old neighborhood's still there. My parents are still there, but we've all been or done and gone. But back in the days when you used to play basketball in the alley and baseball over at Highland Park and then came up through Catholic school and went to CJ and then went from there to Wright State and graduated from Wright State with a bachelor's and a master's degree. How did you wind up here in Miamisburg? It's kind of an interesting thing. I started coaching when I was in college. So I jumped around a couple freshman girls teams, a couple freshman boys teams. And then while I was in college, I kind of got a break. A friend of mine was a student trainer at Beaver Creek and mentioned my name to Larry Holden, who's in Ohio basketball coaches hall of fame now. And they needed a junior high coach. So I went over there and worked with Larry for two years. And then Went from there and got my first teaching job at CJ and coached and taught there nine years. And after nine years of working in Catholic school and thinking I'm going to have to support my own family and the the wages, your your yearly salary was not very competitive back then. I was doing a lot of work coaching, running intramural programs and this and that just to make a buck. And then I was in graduate school with someone and that from Miamisburg and heard that the job opened up and asked him to bring me in the information and I just got the ball rolling and interviewed and ended up here because I wanted, I needed a career in public education where salaries were competitive and retirement plan and all that kind of stuff. And then ended up coaching here 15 seasons, 15 great seasons for the Miamisburg Vikings. I remember a couple years back, uh, there was an article written about you and your success with Miamisburg. Uh, when did it all begin with the Vikings? What was your first season like? My first season, I came into some talent. We had a talented group. We won 20 games my first year here. Miamisburg is, is a, a place with a lot of good kids, but we didn't have talent coming in year after year. But we were able to maintain winning records all the way through up until our last season. But 
some of those seasons we were way over the top. We won 20 games four seasons while I was here, those 15. So we had some pretty good kids come through here. That must have been a lot of great games, a lot of great players and teams that you saw here through these doors. What are some of the highlights that you really remember? You mentioned the 20-win seasons, but some of the players that just stick out right off the top of your head. Oh, we had some great – well, you know, I still see and talk to Erica Allenspaul a lot, who graduated from here and played four years at Marist, and Erica played four years in the NCAA tournament for Marist and still bump into her and keep in contact – um, you know, I, I see a lot of the kids and with social media now, I keep in contact with a lot of them. We had some great players. So my first year here, Kelly Morris, who now lives in South Carolina, had a thousand points and broke the school rebounding record her junior year. She went on to play at Wright State. So we had some, we've had some good kids. We've, that team was a good one. The team that everybody remembers is the one that won 23 straight. We were 23-0 and 0 and then lost in the district finals to Mountain Notre Dame. That's the one everybody around here remembers because that was a pretty special season. But we've had a lot of good kids come through here. And I think in the 15 years, we've had eight Division One players. That's a pretty good ratio. A lot of coaches aren't that lucky to see those kind of kids come through. That's strong numbers. Yeah. And – Besides girls' basketball, Miami's Berg's very good at sports. A lot of great sports history here in the Berg. I mean, football programs on the up-and-up with Steve Chanel. Right. Uh, boys' basketball with Tim Freeze. They're having a, a good ba- year. Yeah. Baseball uh, at one time was the fifth winningest program in the state of Ohio. Right. Which is, which is awesome. I try to tell people this is a baseball town. Football is popular, but as far as tradition year after year, baseball's been the winningest program. Football's had their years, and back in the 50s and 60s, you listen to some of the old guys talk, Miamisburg and the Miamisburg Chaminade games and those kind of things. Football was big, but I think consistently baseball's been the winningest program. So we have a lot of good programs here. Our our music department's outstanding, so there's just a lot of good things that go on here. And right now we're recording in the television station, which is also uh, Coach Freeze's teaching job here, right? Right. Him and I are both in a tech prep department. I have exercise science. He has digital media. And we are now in a state-of-the-art television studio with state-of-the-art equipment. There's a control room right behind you. Each student's computer has up-to-date state-of-the-art editing and editing software. And so it's uh, it's a pretty neat place. They do a live broadcast here every morning, and they produce a TV show every Friday. Got to say, I'm jealous. I mean, with the two schools I went to, Twin Valley South and West Alex and Valley View between Farmersville and Germantown, uh, I think the most we had was newspaper and yearbook. I wish we had a radio station or something yeah, like that. Yeah, this is rare. I mean, the our students that come out of this program – will go on to places like OU who have an outstanding department and they'll have on their resume as a freshman that they've already produced TV shows. You know, some of the kids down there have never been behind a camera or used a camera and our kids are producing TV shows. So it's a really nice place. It is. It's absolutely beautiful here at Miamisburg High School. A couple seasons ago, the Vikings also opened up the new football field, which is now just behind the building. Harmon Field used to be kind of close to downtown, close where the library is. What was the new football stadium opening like? Uh, It was a pretty big event. Well, actually, it didn't open when we wanted it to, so we had to play one more home game that inaugural season back at Harmon and then came up here to play, I believe it was Wayne the first night, and it was sold out. It was packed, and then we had a rain delay. 
So we had to wait 45 minutes. But it was a pretty big event. That stadium was built all by private funds and donations. There was no taxpayers' dollars to put that stadium up. And it's neat. It's They did a lot of neat things. Each seat in it has a seat with a back on it. And then they went down to Daytona Speedway and bought seats from Daytona Speedway and came in and installed them up here. So it has seats, you know, with backs on them. There's not no benches or bleachers in our stadium. So, but they just did some neat things like that. That's really rare too. Very rare. A football stadium not to have bleachers. Right. You know, you have some with bleachers, and then your season ticket holders or certain donations will have a nice seat. But there, every seat in the house has a has a back on. It's an actual seat. Yeah. That's impressive because the. Newest football field that I worked on that wasn't for football, it was for Dayton Dynamo mm-hmm. soccer, was Roger Glass for CJ. Right. And they had bleachers on the other side. Still a beautiful stadium. Mm-hmm. And you still had the best look at downtown Dayton right. uh, over the skyline. But that's impressive. Our visitors even have – that's on the visitor side too. Um, I don't know how many seats it has, 5,000, but it has 5,000 actual seats. No benches or bleachers, right? Here with Ron Russo. My good friend and also my color commentator for a couple games on GemCitySports.com. Whenever I got a chance to broadcast my Amesburg games, uh, you were almost always on my side. It's fun. I like doing it. I don't know where it'll take me. If I keep doing what I'm doing, that's fine. But it keeps me close to the game. I get to watch basketball. I get to talk basketball. And people have to listen. So it keeps me close to the game, and I like working with Sean. Sean's been a, a good guy and um, carried me through many a broadcast. But I do, I don't know, five or six a year with Sunday Sports, something like that, yeah. And Sunday Sports, uh, in case anyone doesn't know, they do Franklin games, I know, uh, Fairfield games. Yeah, and then when Sean works, he also does Sunday. He does a lot of Franklin games with Sunday Sports. But when he gets further south, they have a – they have something to do with WMOH, so he works with them also. He has a guy that works with him at MOH that does all those games. And when he comes further up north, it's usually just Franklin, yes. Okay. And I've been following. You went to Valley View for a game a season or two ago. I don't yeah, and they remember. still had Luke Kennard's senior year. I did four or five of Luke's games. Yeah, it was awesome. It, it's amazing the thing that he had two years at Duke, and now he's in the NBA with the Pistons of right. Detroit. It's just – that's cool. That's it, really cool. It was um, – it was it, it was rock star status to go and call their games was one thing, but every place you went it was sold out. The, whatever gym you went to was sold out. They had to they had to get them off the bus and get them away from crowds and shuffle them through back doors and keep people away from the locker room and all kinds of stuff. So it was interesting. Oh, I bet that was a lot of fun for Franklin's folks. I bet, yeah. There was one game I got to call where Luke Kennard and the Franklin Wildcats were in the uh, flying to the hoop. Right. That was the last game that night, and I remember just crowds so packed. I'm like, wow. This is at Trent Arena where you mm-hmm. already have a lot of seats, and you just think, wow, this kid's going to go places. And he broke the three-throw record, I think, for a season or a game. I don't remember which. Uh, probably, but I don't know what record he does not hold. But, you know, they did neat things, too. We were at – we were at Brookville one night and called a game when Franklin was at Brookville. And little kids were lined up for, I don't know, 100 feet waiting for him to come out of the locker room. And he stood there and waited. 
until every one of those kids got a picture or an autograph. I mean, until they rotated all through and made sure he did something. And these were Brookfield's kids, not Franklin's kids. So it was pretty neat to see him. But that was rock star status. That was crazy stuff. Just to think the rock star status traveled through this area. I mean, my alma mater, Valley View, Brookville, you know, Eaton, Preble County getting a taste of right. that as well. That's it's just amazing. There's a, I mean, um, there were schools – on the roads, they had um, closed-circuit televisions where people could watch from the cafeteria. There's stories about kids hiding in closets because they couldn't get a ticket and hiding <laughs> in the gym. And Yeah, that was a fun year. So I did, oh, I don't know, four or five games when Luke played, yeah. So when you're with Sunday Sports, is it mainly with the Wildcats? Mainly, yes. That's yeah. I haven't done anybody else but them. I don't okay. if that's just when he calls me, but I've got to – to do a lot of Franklin games, right? Coach, I'm I'm glad we're doing this podcast episode because not only we can talk about Miamisburg, but we can talk about local sports. And right now, college basketball, it's a pretty hot topic here. And it's not the normal suspect like people think, you know, which is normally Dayton Flyers. Look at Wright State, 9-1 and one in conference play. And yesterday, whopping on the Oakland Golden Grizzlies, the team to pick the win. The whole kit and caboodle. Right. I'd love to see them get an automatic bid. I'd like to see them win that conference tournament and get a bid and go back. It's it's not fair, but that's just I know that's just the way it works, but they're not going to gain popularity until they get in that tournament two or three or four times and then start generating a little more interest. Not that they don't have it now, yeah. but that national kind of recognition that they deserve, they'll get it. It's just the nature of the beast. You have to get in that tournament. So it would be good to see if they could get in there this year. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see some postseason success in the tournament. I mean, while part of Division One, Wright State made it to two NCAA dances, and they're 0-2 against Indiana and Pittsburgh, well, against Bobby Knight's Indiana Hoosiers, right. and I think it was – Jamie Dixon's Pittsburgh Panthers. I think he was I think there so. At the I time. think you're right. Yeah. I, I I still can't believe he's not at Pitt anymore. He's at uh, TCU. Something like that. I don't yeah. know where he ventured to from there, but yeah, they've been in twice. I've seen both of those games, and it was a great atmosphere when they got in. But I'd like to see them do it on a more consistent basis. I'm sure that's what they're shooting for. But and you mentioned you went to Wright State. I went to Wright State as well. And I remember my freshman year, we still had bracket busters going on. So Cal State okay. Fullerton was coming into the nose center. That place was okay. packed. We were in the corner. I just look around like, it's yeah. beautiful. I mean, uh, Butler coming in too. Right. Um, I was gone by then. I have been to the Nutter Center for some games. It is a beautiful place. But I was old P.E. building. That was yeah. old school stuff. P.E. building on the tartan surface and watching <laughs> uh, Mark Vest and T.C. Johnson and Andy Warner. And I was there the year they won the national championship watching those guys play. Man, that's an impressive thing. You know, Wright State winning the whole thing in D2. Real strong D2 program, too. And lately, right. Wright State's been releasing history clips, and they show what the biggest rival for the Raiders were back in the day was Kentucky Wesley. Kentucky Wesley, and that's who they beat to win the national championship. I, I don't remember where we were at. It was a bunch of us from school, from Wright State, gathered around a little three-inch screen somewhere. <laughs> because I don't know where we were, whether we didn't have television, but we watched that game on uh, probably one of the networks around here, two or seven or 22, because that's all there was back then. But I remember watching that game somewhere. I can't remember where we were at, but... Yeah, Kentucky Wesleyans, who they beat to win it all. I mean, 
Wright State's physical education building is basically what the student union building is now for those that exactly. don't know. Yep. I mean, the bookstore is where the gym was, right. and it always sat 3,000 people, so you had to get there early. And, exactly. And yeah, um, and, you know, we'd be – there was only two classrooms in the building. We'd be in class down the hall, and the game would be ready to start just the way it was back then. So you could wander around and watch and in and out and that kind of stuff. Those – and they've grown. I'm glad they've grown, and I'm glad they have the Nutter Center, but those were good times back then. Yeah, I mean, back then, too, Wright State's athletics were all kind of around the uh, physical education building. Exactly. I mean, you had the baseball field by Colonel Glenn. Now that's over by 844 in the woods. You could walk out of our classrooms, our two classrooms that we had in the PE building, in between classes and walk 10 feet out that exit, and you were standing on the right field or the left field line, and you could watch the game you know, from there and then head back into class or get out of class and walk right out the door and watch the game. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad they've grown and moved everything, but those were fun times. And don't tell anyone that uh, that was mostly why I did a sports director over there at oh, campus really? radio station. You know, leave class early or, you know, yeah. tell the teacher, hey, I got a game, so right. I, get, I get out. What's the name of the place in the basement we used to hang out? Ratskeller? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's still there. It's not, it? it's not the bar, okay. obviously. I mean, they took out the bar long time ago all right uh, someone told me that that was the original viking rowdy suit uh, huh. holding place and that really? someone stole the original and who knew i don't yeah. know right I, I don't know if that's true or not that's just hearsay but yeah. i tell you uh, we could talk right state memories for hours i, I well when you spend as much time there as i did you know <laughs> <laughs> when it takes you five years to get your undergrad you're out there quite a bit yeah it was a fun place yeah it took me Four and a half years, too. I go. mean, I, I got a management degree. That's why it took me an extra quarter. But All right. Wright State's beautiful. And oh. I, I'm, I, we're very lucky to have two D1 schools like Dayton and Wright State in our area. And people don't realize that both schools are good. Oh, yeah, and rich in tradition and um, great places to play. And I'm curious to see what the arena looks like after this remodeling. I've not been in it while they're working on it. But that's, that arena is amazing to me because – as old as it is, whenever you walk in there, it still looks new. I don't know how yeah. they do it. I, I don't know either. Everything in it from the plumbing to the flooring to whatever, it still looks new. UD Arena is such a gem here. I right. mean, you have the first four coming in, the Dayton Flyers. I mean, the fans will pack it. And as uh, as my common guest, Mark Schlemmer, always says, if the, the Flyers survive the Jim O'Brien area and still turned out, <laughs> exactly. they'll survive anything. Right. And this year the Flyers are struggling a little bit. Uh, they're, what, 10 and 11 now after that St. Louis loss on the road? I mean, Coach Anthony Grant, first year Dayton alum, played in the late 80s with the Flyers. Right. I think that was during the times of Roosevelt Chapman, too. Yes. Um, you know, if you're if you're fully loaded with talent, you're going to be okay as a first-year coach. But when you're not and you have some kids in and out, it's going to take him a year or two to settle in and get his own recruits and figure out how they're going to play them. Not that they're not doing a bad job now, but I see them. They're on the up and up. They're going to, they're just going to keep getting better, but it's going to take him maybe a season. But coach, will you agree with me as a basketball mind? If you lose 70 points per game out of your senior class, your most successful senior class ever on that campus you're going to have your lumps. Oh yeah, and you're coming in as a first year coach. You don't have your recruits yet. Yeah, it's going to it's a transition period for him. And to do what they're doing now after all that, yeah, they're doing a nice job. I mean, every 
I hate to say this, but the, I saw on Twitter there is a Fire Anthony Grant account already out there. Like, really? Give yeah, him, I know. Give him one year. Leave it to social media. I know. that, And that's just the nature of the beast. That happens in coaching. It's just, you know, there's people that want high school coaches fired. It's just the way they are. I think it's the only way people can vent. They don't know – the work that goes on, they are not at practice every day, but it just happens wherever you're at. It doesn't really matter. It, it is a tough business, mm-hmm. but Coach Grant, I feel like he'll have the Flyers, you know, backfiring on all pistons. Right. Next season, depending on how his recruits turn out, I give him, you know, his third season, they'll be firing I think back. so, too. It's going to take a – it takes a new coach a while. You know, your system, your rules, bringing in your players and the kind of kids that you want. Not that the kids they have are bad ones, but it's, there's a transition period. There definitely is yeah. when you do that. So that's what they're kind of going through now. Talking to Ron Russo here in Miamisburg, one of my favorite places, Ohio Star City. And although I never went to Miamisburg, my dad worked here in the mound – uh, pretty much all all my life. He still kind of does, but it's not the mound. It's, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what it's called either. I, I don't know, but it's a, it'll always be the mound to right, me. Right, exactly. Yeah. But always we always go through Miamisburg to get to any place that wasn't in Preble County type of thing. So, <laughs> right. you know, that's that's why I always love Miamisburg. It's probably not a great reason, but... It's a nice town. It's my reason. There's a yeah. lot of good things going on here, and yeah. and they're continuing to develop. They're developing downtown, and so it's a nice place. I mean... Plaza Theater, not to drop, you know, company names out there, but they they always show good old movies. Right. There's uh, a lot there's you can walk in downtown Miamisburg now and there are things to do. You know, there's just stuff to do. I do miss Sutman's though. That was a cool oh, place yeah. when I was in high school. Right. Had Valley View, Miamisburg, West Carrollton gear. Yep, exactly. Now, well also suits, not just sports. I never gear, got I, I started in Miamisburg when Sutton's was kind of on their way down or on their way out. So I never really got in touch with Sutton's, but that was the place to go. I mean, Miamisburg is a good place. It's filled with good people, good community, good kids, and, you know, yourself being a Miamisburg rep. I do have a question to ask you, Hmm. and I don't know if this is off base, but you notice that Miamisburg has a real right state connection, whereas, you know, UD, it's more towards Kettering, Oakwood type of thing. I always felt like, you know, Wright State Miamisburg were like BFS for some reason. I don't know how that works out. I don't know. You you might be right. If you walked around town, though, you would think we're everybody from this town graduated from Ohio State. You well, know, like, yeah. But you know how that goes. But, <laughs> no, um, we've sent some good athletes to Wright State, and we got one on the basketball team. we got one on the baseball team. So, Oh, yeah. yeah I forgot about Adam Giles. Adam he's, Giles. Uh, he's yep. part on the bench. And Jeremy yep. Randolph, who – he broke the assist record for boys basketball. He is a pitcher for Wright State's baseball team. Right. And uh, for what you told me, uh, the inter-squad game pitched well after coming off Tommy John surgery. So 2018, I hope to be announcing Jeremy Randolph's name a lot at Wright State I University. I talked to his dad a little bit Saturday. Um, he says he's ready to go. He felt good after pitching three innings the other day. Yeah, Adam was a walk-on and ended up making the team as a walk-on. Just from He was on the women's team practice squad. And then started going to play pickup games with the men's team as pickup games, and then from hanging out there, they asked him to you know try out or whatever they need to do, and they picked him up as a walk-on. So yeah, he's on the men's team too. I mean that season, 
I think that was the last season I covered Miamisburg on GCSN. I'm not sure. But yeah, they won the league that year. They had those two that, guys. <laughs> they had Connor Brown, who's a tight end at OU now. They had some players. Yeah, they were tough. Uh, my favorite broadcasting memory will always be, we were at a game. This was Lebanon in town, I think. And this was right. for the G-Walk South. Now it's... Right. They're well, different well, names. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll yes. talk a little bit about how I don't like the G-Walk setup now. But... I remember late in the game, Miamisburg was up, and Connor Brown goes to the line. Misses the second three throw, gets his own rebound, and jams it on home, and the backboard shattered. Yeah, broke the board. That was that same year. <laughs> that was those guys, yeah. Uh, that was that was a great call. I Everybody mean, had to take off running and play in the back gym <laughs> to finish it up. And, yeah. and you got, um, oh, I forget, uh, Eric Linsky. Eric Linsky was yeah. my assistant at the time. Um, or was my assistant for many years. He was back there and was texting us play by play. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. I mean, I've never had that happen where I was calling a game where I couldn't see it. Yeah, so. Connor's at OU now, tight end for their football team. And OU's got a pretty sweet football team. Uh, mm-hmm. Going on the local uh, local end, AJ Olette of Covington, uh, the Buccaneers football team. He's their star running back, and he's he's doing well for the Cats. Well, there's also um, Jake Netherton who. Played here. That's at OU now. Nice. Our running back. So we got a couple kids down there. But yeah, we got two kids at Wright State, and of course the big man up at Ohio State right now, Josh. So yeah, I mean that that was that was cool to see. You know, his senior year, he already committed to OSU, right? And just how high he was ranked. I mean, I remember listening to ESPN fourteen ten and just hearing, just hearing people gush about how great. Of an offensive lineman, it is. Now, from a coaching standpoint, and if you've been in coaching and athletics a number of years, you kind of think we start thinking the other way. Put into perspective now, he was the number one recruit in the country for offensive linemen, all right? Mm-hmm. Just to show you how good you have to be. Yeah. He's a red shirt. He couldn't crack the lineup up there. He's wow. the number one recruit in the country. And goes up there, and he's actually come back a couple times and bumped into him and talked. And he goes, I thought I knew football until I got up there. And was a red shirt. So he wasn't even – that type of recruit is not even good enough to make that lineup up there just to show you how good those guys are. It's crazy. That's insane to think right. about. But, again, it goes to the point that, hey, they got a powerhouse in Columbus right. type of thing. Exactly. Here with Ron Russo, we've talked a little bit about Miamisburg, talked a little bit about Wright State. Uh, I guess I could dive in on that thing. The G-Walk now at 20 teams with the addition of Tippecanoe and Stebbins. Right. Which, you know, it's pretty nice because mm-hmm. Tippecanoe's very close to the north. What I don't like is the new lineup. I mean, Miamisburg, Springboro, Lebanon, fine. Mm-hmm. West Carrollton not part of that to keep the old U.S. 25 rivalry in yeah, there? Yeah, not mm-hmm. part of that. And the toughest part about it is now in basketball, you have to play crossover games with Centerville, Fairmont, Beaver Creek, and they count. So it used to be back in the day you played home and homes with what was the G-Walk South, which was right. Fairborn, West Carrollton, Lebanon, Springboro. Exactly. And the year that we were just talking about, Mimesburg went 9-1. and one. The only loss was at Springboro, I think, and that was a three-overtime decision exactly. for the Panthers. Exactly, yeah. I and, mean, and those crossover games, you played them. You went to Centerville and played, or you went to Beaver Creek and played, but they didn't count. Now they count. And the only way they can do it, and this, it just, it's not that it's not fair, but things work out this way because of the way it's aligned. Like, for example, 
Lebanon got Beaver Creek at home early in the year. Right. Well, Miamisburg has to go to Beaver Creek after Christmas late in the year when everybody's rolling and losing a dogfight. But both those games count towards our South League title or whatever the division is, you know. And I remember that, too, because that was after the flying to the hoop win against Mountain Mission, Virginia. Exactly. That was was a great win. That was a good win. Hubbard's a star in the making here in Miami. Yeah, he's going to Taylor. Nice. Yeah, he's got a full ride. He's going to Taylor. If you know anything about Taylor, that's where they do Silent Night. I don't know if you've ever seen Silent Night. If you get a chance to YouTube Silent Night at Taylor University, you got to check. It's something that they do in the student section. But Taylor's known for what they call Silent Night. I think I think I've heard of it, but I don't know if I've ever. Yeah, watched if you get a it. chance to YouTube Silent Night from Taylor University, it's a neat thing they do at basketball games. NAIA mm-hmm. and Indiana, uh, Indianapolis, or uh, yeah, somewhere around there. I can't remember the exact city that it's in, but yes, okay. but it yeah. is Central Indiana exactly. type of thing. Yep. So it's not terrible, right? In the so yeah, he's so. going there. They had to go to Beaver Creek right after the flying to the hoop win and lost in a dogfight. You know then. They got to come right back the other night, and they beat Fairmont at Trent Arena, which was a huge win. That but those games huge. count now because there's only so many teams mm-hmm. in our division. That's just the way it works out. Is it all GWAC games now that count, or is it this league or this conference? No, not this conference. This, this division, division and this division, but not these divisions. Exactly. We don't okay. we don't cross over with the ones up north. Okay, yeah. so it's kind of like stay in your area type exactly. of Exactly. Your area against, you know, in that area up north, right. you know. Okay, so yeah. I was wondering how that worked. I think, you know, my idea would have just been keep uh, Tippecanoe in the north. Forget who to send down to the south. Vandalia, Trotwood. Something like that. I don't remember. It's It's been a while since I thought of this, but – yeah, the G-Walk, 20 teams. That's, that's crazy. impressive. I mean, There's always rumors about realignment and how they're going to change things, but I don't know. I've not heard anything this year or anything confirmed, but this is the way it works. So you could have essentially a losing record and win your division or our division because you're playing all those tough crossover games, and that just shows you how tough those teams are. Um, it's the toughest league in Dayton. Beaver Creek's the worst team in that division, and we're up there in a dogfight with them. And you know, and lose by two, and that's the worst team in that division. Then you got Fairmont, you have Centerville. After that, you got Wayne. So those crossover games all count. Especially Wayne's number one in the states. Right, Oof. they're a machine. That was impressive to watch them. They came here to play. It's. I want to mention something about Beaver Creek real quick, though. The Beavers, uh, Arius Moore. This was when I was at WSWO in Huber Heights. Mm-hmm. Arius Moore was. Very talented for Beaver Creek, and he just finished his senior year at North Carolina State as a okay. lineman. And I'm just right. like, oh my god, I'm getting old. Yeah, it goes fast. It's just like you see you see these athletes in high school, and then they transfer over to college sports, and then senior year. Wait, you just right. started. Well, Come back. As busy as you are, I don't know if you know what day of the week it is, so that time does go <laughs> time goes fast as much as you're doing. And Ron, sometimes I forget my name. There you go. See. Uh, I mean, it's no wonder four years flies past you. And and Wayne, I mean, going to Wayne's side of things, their head coach uh, Trice went over to the girls' basketball side of things, yeah, and coach's daughter, and Kuwick, uh, the former assistant coach for Dayton, now at Davidson, mm-hmm. uh, he was going to be the head coach of the Warriors. Yeah, it's a it's a powerhouse. They got some talented kids, and um. But Coach Trice switched to the girls to Coach's daughter, and they're loaded too. I mean, they're a good team also. But um, 
it's a tough league in that, especially that division, to play those games and go there to play. And and they count, like I've said three, four times now. That's just the you know that's the nature just, of the beast, I guess. That's the nature of the beast of the twenty team G walk. Right, now. but like like we mentioned, it's the conference to beat in this area. You've right. got the biggest schools in town. I mean. Exactly. Yeah, and they fare well against the Cincinnati big schools mm-hmm. down, yep. down there too. So, right. Coach, exactly. uh, it's been a lot of fun to talk with you uh, today, and we'll keep rolling on. Uh, I like talking local sports. You okay. know that. Um, one thing I wish Miamisburg would do, I don't know if that's ever in the cards, but get hockey and play itself as a sport <laughs> so I can call Miamisburg hockey. Uh. Boy, that's a uh, – I don't think that's even been – we have some kids that play hockey, but it's just a few. It, it's a it's, very expensive sport. I mean, you got the gear, you got the sticks, and once the sticks break, well, there's another 100 bucks out of the pocket. Well, a couple hundred. That's yeah. If you can find a stick that's 100 bucks, it's probably not worth it because it'll probably we were, break. The athletic director at Beaver Creek, this is Brad Pompas, he graduated from here. So I was talking to Brad when we were over there that night for the boys' game. And they have a deal, which is really neat. If you bought a ticket for the Beaver Creek Miamisburg boys basketball game, you could take that ticket after the game and go to the hockey game. They played afterwards. That's and cool. he said it's just an awesome atmosphere, but they do promotions like that where you take the same ticket and they'll play those hockey games late so you can go to the basketball game and then you go watch hockey at night. And, and I know the coach of Beaver Creek, uh, Greg Gutterman, really okay. good guy, really uh, – Really great hockey guy, too. Uh, once a head coach in the Dayton Stealth Youth Hockey Association, okay. and he's now leading the Beavers. I'm really jealous of Beaver Creek because they get to play it nationwide tomorrow against Gahanna Lincoln. Oh, I do mean, they? The, the same ring that the Blue Jackets get to play awesome. on. I mean, that's, that's really cool. But yep. one thing I really like lately is local hockey scene. I mean, in Dayton, you have two sheets of ice, not counting Springfield. You got two sheets of ice in town, and you got – Four teams in Centerville, Springboro, they share South Metro Sports, and Beaver Creek and Alters at Kettering. Mm-hmm. I got a chance to be at Kettering yesterday and brought so many uh, memories of Wright State hockey, too. I bet. I mean, those were the days, especially the game at Hare Arena's Winterland uh, against the Flyers, where there were six Flyers and five Raiders in the sin bin at the same time. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, I mean, I wish I was announcing that. And I grew I was... up with the old Dayton Gems. If you don't, I don't know yeah. if you remember the Dayton Gems, but I grew up with the old Dayton Gems. 1.0 Gems, very successful. Possibly mm-hmm. the most successful hockey franchise in town. When was that, 70s? Was that 70s? 60s, 70s, yeah, yep. Dayton uh, Gems. I wasn't alive during those times, but uh, – Right. If you love hockey, Hockey in Dayton is a great book. Chuck great Chuck Gabringer wrote it and okay. I highly recommend it for anyone that's interested in such. But I was with the Demons and Demolition and not the same quality as the ECHL. I mean, we're talking ECHL is double A and mm-hmm. you got single A in the FHL, but still a bunch great bunch of hockey guys. I wear my ring everywhere I go. <laughs> I think you've seen this ring. Yeah. Uh, a couple times. I broke my ring. Uh, the red paint starting to peel. So I'm going to wear it until it snaps in half type of thing. But, no, I mean, now high school hockey, I mean, I really want to see an uptick in local hockey teams. I know that's kind of asking a lot because, again, hockey is such an expensive sport as it is. Mm-hmm. And then good luck finding ice. Right. The, the huge growth in our area has been lacrosse. Oh, yeah. That's crazy growing fast. It's unbelievable. And we're not even keeping up with Cincinnati. 
But uh, it is growing big. We have, I mean, our hockey team, our lacrosse teams now, boys and girls, our varsity sports sanctioned by the OHSAA. And that just came about quick in the last three or four years. But lacrosse is crazy big now. Yeah, it is. It's it's a great sport, too. I mean, awesome. it's it's almost like hockey on turf. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got to call one game at Oakwood. It was against Bellbrook. That was, you know, right. that was the rivalry for the Jacks yeah. and the Golden Eagles. That was a lot of fun. I mean, yeah, it's a, and that's, I mean, the, I guess the only thing that's holding hockey back in high school sports, of course, the expense and where your team's going to practice and can you get time on the ice. But lacrosse in the spring, that's, they're using all these fields that, that have been sitting empty, so it's just taken off big time. I mean, you you have to be a great athlete in lacrosse too. I mean, the you have to have the speed and the agility and the stamina too. Right, you got to do that, that and then athlete. you have to have stick skills too. I mean, my son's a sixth grader; he plays. He's played for a few years now, but some of these teams in Cincinnati that are his age group that we play are just outstanding. But yeah, you got to have stick skills, and you got to be able to run, and you got to be able to guard, and then of course there's. Uh, contact you got to be able to hit and take a hit and it's crazy yeah it's a heck of a game i mean in terms of pro teams there isn't a that i'm aware of in cincinnati and dayton but there's the ohio machine at the fortress o bets or something like that they just won the national championship this right. season so. all the kids around here know about the machine everybody in cincinnati knows about the machine so they're pretty popular in ohio yeah it's really cool to see that too right because when is it that we say, hey, an Ohio team won a championship of some sort? In lacrosse, especially, that's such an East Coast sport. and Yeah, that's pretty neat. It is really cool, too. So I was, I was really happy to see that. And hopefully the machine can duplicate that same success. Yeah, I don't know if hockey will ever take off here in the Berg, um, but I know lacrosse is growing big time. I mean, I, I can hope and I can pray and I can want right. it. But, again, you got to think about what's best for that. So right. I just – I think the best I can do, Miamisburg colors of my old Cincinnati Thunder uh, sweatshirt from last season. What people don't realize is, you know, playing games is one thing. You find a place to play a game, but you got to find a place for kids to practice every day. Mm -hmm. And that's the toughest part. I mean, the team that I mainly broadcast for is the Centerville Elks, Mm -hmm. and their practices are, what, Tuesday, Thursdays at 5 a.m. at South Metro? It's crazy. I mean, I've been told by the parents, though, that, Hey, it's not so bad. You wake up early, you go to the rink, you practice a little bit, you go do your school, you come back home and rest a little bit. If right. it's game day, you know, go out and do game day, but it's then not you're bad. Done. Right. Yeah. So that's not bad. I didn't think of that. I just think, ooh, five AM. Joy right, of for choice. a high school kid. I've never <laughs> been I've I didn't even realize and I knew you do you did broadcast there and I knew hockey was played there at South Metro, but I have never been in the place until this past fall I went there, but I was there for a Taekwondo tournament. I wasn't there for hockey, that's, that's but uh, right. I've never been in there. It's the first time I've ever been in there, and I'm, I had to like look for directions, and I found like, oh, okay, I know where this is at. Never been in there before till this fall. It's not a bad place. No, it's a heck of a place. It is a heck of a place. I mean, yeah. there's not many places where you get to stay in the warmth and watch hockey. Right. I mean, you can go watch it in the cold, which, you yes. know, we have to do that a couple places in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you If you like cold... I recommend the Northland Ice Center because that's oh, really? about the coldest place you'll ever find huh. in the world. It's just it's a it's a nice sheet of ice, and that's where three out of what six Cincinnati teams play okay. at home: Moeller, Saint X, and Elder. Okay, and real old place. The Cyclones even practice there when they can't use U.S. Bank. I appreciate the sport. I, I've yeah. never been. 
I never watched him. You know, growing up in East Dayton, there was no hockey league. We were playing ball in the alleys, and so yeah. there wasn't any hockey back when we were growing up. But I appreciate the sport and the skill. And if I ever get a ch- – I can't – it's a tough game to watch on TV. What, hockey? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you don't know what you're doing, if you're a novice like me, hard to follow the puck. But I appreciate it. But wasn't much hockey when we were growing up. It was all basketball and baseball and things like that. Which is fair enough. I mean – you know, Dayton Flyers have been the dominant college team in Wright State, starting their own history as well, celebrating right. 50 years, which I can't believe it's only 50 years of WSU, but exactly there we go. Right. We did mention college basketball, um, but we didn't dive into women's college basketball, which is a shame because we have two really superb teams here in Dayton and Wright, Wright State. Excuse me. Uh, Flyers are undefeated in A-10 playing. They're going to host another undefeated team in Duquesne. Mm-hmm. And Wright State, they got three losses in the Horizon League, but that's that's a heck of a team. I, I like the fact that Wright State's up and coming, and, and they're starting to establish themselves more and more. Uh, Dayton's been a nationally ranked power now for the past few years, and they've been in the top 25 here and there. But it's good to see you know, our gals from the other side of town winning a little bit more and establishing themselves a little bit more and being in the news a little bit more. Used to be Reichstadt had a women's basketball team, and that's all you knew. Yeah. But, yeah, it's good to see that that program up and coming. They're doing a nice job of bringing in some local kids, which brings you more fans. Mm-hmm. And then when you bring your recruit in there, the place is a little bit more full than it normally is, and you have a little bit more atmosphere. So they're doing a nice job, and they're doing it right. I mean, Wright State still has to defeat Green Bay, which has been the the perennial exactly. perennial team to beat. If right. you can beat the Phoenix, then there you go. That's how Wright State's women's team got their only trip to the big dance in Division One. I. I mean, exactly. It was that championship game. It was like eighty eight sixty nine or something like that. And yeah, they got to like, beat them. Yeah, you got to beat Green Bay. Right. I mean, Wright State held their own against the Phoenix at home this year. They have to go to Green Bay this Saturday, which you know. It's it's a that establishes your seed in the tournament. How you do in the regular season, but they, you know, if even if you lose both, you got a chance to erase that in your conference tournament and still get to go to the NCAA tournament. So winning on the road. I just heard Jay Billis talk about winning on the road in men's basketball. He said if you're talking about separating yourself from the pack or gaining, you know, places. In your conference, winning on the road's like winning two. Those are big wins, so it'd be good if they could go there and get one. I mean, Wright State's done very good uh, as we swing to men's basketball on this. They've done very good on the road, and the, the only place they've lost so far in conference play is Milwaukee, and historically, Wright State hasn't had a lot of success in Milwaukee. Right, got to win the ones on the road. That's when you find out how tough you are and how good a team you are, how well you perform at somebody else's place. The Northeast Ohio swing is up next for the Raiders, and – Youngstown State gave us a battle. Cleveland State, not the same Viking squad as, mm-hmm. you know, I knew in college where they were on the up and up with Gary right. Waters. In fact, I forget who their coach is. It's a first-year head coach, along with uh, Youngstown State's Calhoun. Mm. He's a first-year head coach. But those Penguins are – That'll be a tough trip for them. But that's, yeah. you know, that's how you find out how good you are. But if you win those games on the road, you start separating yourself. Coach, when you were at Wright State, what were some of your favorite games to go to that you remember? I don't remember specific teams, but I just remember I just remember all those guys. I remember taking classes with all those guys, with T.C. Johnson from Sydney and Andy Warner was from Piqua and 
Mark Vest is from Carroll, and uh, Mark McCormick, who actually was an assistant principal here when I got here. He was on Wright State's team. I just remember all those guys. Mark McCormick was a PE major. Um, T.C. Johnson was a PE major. So just, you know, hanging out with all those guys and knowing who they were and watching the play. We went – I can't remember particular teams because we were just there so much. When you were there, you just went in and watched. Yeah. But – um. No, I just remember that group. I just remember those guys. And Coach Brown took his basketball course, his coaching theory course. And I love that course. Yeah, and he's still around calling games for the Raiders. And I love listening to him. He does a great job. The passion that Coach Brown has on 106.5 is just outstanding. And Chris Collins is a great play-by-play guy. I like to listen to those guys to learn. I mean, I can learn a lot listening to those two. But took Coach Brown's basketball course. And, of course, he was at Northmont for a while, so he's coached some games here against our kids. But um, – just hanging around all those people. I just remember the PE building just being like it wasn't a, a big university then. It was just a close-knit family, and everybody knew everybody that was in that building all the time. That was what was cool about it. That was a, you know what made it special. I feel like when I went to Wright State, it wasn't that close-knit just because of the time. It was about, what, 17,000 students mm-hmm. there, so it's a little hard to. But on the communication side, I, I have my radio station family that I always – leaned upon cool. i mean most of the time i was in that radio station or at a game mm-hmm. so right there we go on that but yeah i mean right state always it, it is always in my heart i mean i i love that place yeah we had a lot of fun out there and even you know um and back there in the 80s now and there wasn't a lot of people living out there either so most of us were off campus people just and if you found one person that was living close and hanging out out there. But most of the time we were in that PE building doing something, taking a course, doing something, playing intramurals or whatever it was. I think back then there was what? Only Hamilton Hall and Forest Lane? Might only be. Yes, that maybe, was it. Maybe the woods? One dorm. Um, one on-campus apartment complex maybe. Two, I can't remember. But, yeah, there weren't a lot of people. Most of us were commuters. I mean, at Zinc Road, you didn't have your village and University Park, College Park. I think that's what it's called. You didn't have that until, like, the 2000s. Yeah, now went, that's all gated off. I went Zink. back for my master's degree, but, shoot, that was 15 years ago, 20 years ago, and that's the last time I was out there on a regular basis, and so much had changed then. I can't imagine what it's like now. It's it's pretty neat. I, I bet. I, I love being an announcer for Wright State Sports. Hopefully one day, you know, I'll get a chance for basketball, you know. Right. I know I'm like third in line to take over for Gordy Wise, who's the original PA guy for oh, okay. the Raiders. So I say that. I mean, I, I'm not next in line, but, you know, I'm I'm hoping one day. All right. But, yeah, it's it's great to see that we have great local colleges, great high schools, which we've been talking about all yep. this time. Ron, why are some of the reasons why you love Miamisburg? Well, the people that are here and the people that I work with, you know, there's not a lot of places that you go that you feel like it's going to be a good fit. And honestly, when I came here, I wasn't that worried because, you know, I was single. I didn't have a family yet. I didn't have kids. But you try to establish yourself in that first year, and you're kind of standoffish, not sure who you want to make friends with. But those first couple of years, I bumped into some really good people and the people that work here. You know, and I would say 90% of us live in town, you know, so um, just the people that we work with. And I think that's that way for every teacher that's been in a building so many years. I, because if you don't like it, 
you're moving within your first five or six years and trying something else. But anybody that's been in a building for a long time, I've been here now 22 years, you're here because of the other people that are in it. And now you're teaching kids who you taught their parents and, you know, that cycle coming through. But it's a good place. And then when I got married, I ended up moving out here and that kind of stuff. So my kids are going through school here now and like it. So I don't want to say we're stuck, but this is where we're going to be for, you know, my son's a sixth grader until at least he's gone. So then hopefully I'll retire by then. We'll see what happens. When you were a coach and when you're a broadcaster, uh, what are some of the favorite rivalries you got to see with your own two eyes? Uh, well, you know, when I was coaching, I was just telling one of the girls' basketball players today, the Miamisburg Springboro girls' games were war. I mean, it was a war. And we loved it, both sides. We had mutual respect for each other, and there was that mutual, that high school rivalry kind of hate thing going on. But those were just games. Those were serious games back then. And we've lost some of that because our girls' program hasn't been as good. Now, Allison James, who played for me, has taken over the program. This is her second season. She's trying to bring some of that back. It's going to take her a while. But the Mimesburg-Springboro games, and then, you know, the Mimesburg-Lebanon games, but to watch – Miamisburg Springboro boys games or Miamisburg Springboro football or whatever. That's a pretty good rivalry. It's tough to match. And I grew up with CJ Alter. I mean, that's, you know, that was me growing up. So this kind of matches that kind of stuff, the CJ Alter thing. But Miamisburg Springboro is always tough. Last year, I got to see Miamisburg Springboro at Wright State's uh, Nishwitz Stadium for okay. uh, the Reds Future Showcase. That okay. was a lot of fun. Cameron Roundtree, who committed to Wright State. He was Springboro's shortstop. He was in the Mm -hmm. infield. And like I mentioned earlier, Jeremy Randolph, he's a right-hander. I know I know there's been a couple of Vikings on the baseball team while I was in college. But Sam Moat was out there. He was a, yeah. a Meister kid. And Sam yeah. Moat. Yeah. He's a assistant coach or volunteer at Bowling Green. He might be, I think like he's that? on the staff officially now. Yeah, I think he's an assistant coach, yeah. Sam uh, Moat's from Meisberg. Um There was another one. I'll remember it probably after we're done talking. But we had like another kid out there played infield. And, but yeah, Sam Moat. I, f- I forget who that is now. Oh, Jake Hibbert. Uh, how could I forget Jake Hibbert? First baseman. How could I forget? His dad's the best. His parents, his his mom still works in the district. I still see his. They volunteer here a lot. Bump into his dad um, at football. How could I forget Jake Hibbert? That's crazy. I don't okay. know. How could I forget Jake yeah. Hibbert? I mean, for, right. for a couple seasons, he was the starting first baseman. Yeah. And there was also a Lewisburg, Ohio native, which is close to my hometown of West Alexandria, uh, Garrett Gray. Okay. I mean, we talk about Wright State baseball and my work at Dayton baseball. Again, lots of local kids. Mm-hmm. For the Flyers, it's first-year head coach Jason King and Jeff Mercer's in his second year, former Flyer and former Raider, spent most right. of his time at WSU. When Wright State and Dayton get to play, it's going to be great, and I hope I get to announce both of them again this year. Um, do they play at each other's place? Will they be a game at Wright State and a game over here at the Time Warner Field or whatever it's called now or whatever? Warner Field, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they got rid of the name this season. But mm. scheduled, yes. Okay. But when I say scheduled, you know that means, hey, the day that we're supposed to host Wright State, there's a bunch of snow. In fact, oh. <laughs> right. I've, I've always seen the Raiders once at Warner Field. And okay. That was the perfect game thrown by Jesse Schulten. Oh, okay. Funny story. I asked uh, I asked my boss at Wright State, hey, can I have one of those perfect game shirts? I mean, I was there. I, I was working for Dayton, but right. can I have a shirt? No, you can't have a shirt. You're working for Dayton. Uh, uh, I mean, 
it's really cool to see both sides of the rivalry, both sides of the coin. So when they have those, that's a non-conference game, of course. It is, mm-hmm. But when you have bad weather and you got to fit conference games in, those are usually the first to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is early in the season where Dayton gets mm-hmm. the most right states and – Dayton has a natural grass field. Wright State's Nishwood Stadium, everything but the mounds are – it's turf. Field turf. Yep. Okay. Everything's turf. So, Wright State, it's a little hard to get games called, but right. still. I mean, there's also an opportunity maybe, you know, go to Wright State and play the series up there. I don't know. But, like I said, I hope to be there. But I'm looking forward to my sixth season with UD and my – what would it be? Fourth season? With Wright State baseball and okay. softball, awesome. So, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. And come out to a game, coach. All right, come out to a game, and if you could put up with my voice for nine innings, then you can <laughs> you can put up with anything. Are you doing some stuff? Are you doing some stuff at Fifth Third Field? What are you do, doing at Fifth Third? Well, uh, for the Dayton Dragons, I run the scoreboard. That's, okay. I'm the main guy that does that, which okay. is really neat because it's a computer program, and you punch. Well, you don't punch because that'd be this, right, exactly. but um, you. You say what happens, and then it goes bing on the okay. video board. And it's a little slower, but it also goes bing on the TV stats, oh, too. Cool. So I'm technically on TV, even though I'm not. My numbers are on TV. Let's, let's Do you get credits when they roll? Is your name rolling on the credits? Oh, see. Um, apparently, I was mentioned the last TV game, but I, I didn't hear it. Oh, so um, okay. I don't get a lot of credit, but that's okay. I get yeah. I get a nice check from them, so that's cool. And I get to see a lot of great baseball. Hunter awesome. Green. Hunter Green's supposed to be oh, really? in Dayton this year. Supposed okay. to be, but we'll see how long he stays. It'll be interesting because last year was probably the best year that the Dragons had in terms of getting to the second round of the playoffs. I'm sad that it ended with two home losses against Fort Wayne, but yeah, we got to the semis. So. It's amazing that we have that that kind of place to play for a single-A team. If you've been to any other ballparks for single-A baseball, they're nothing it's, like fifth or It's not like that, no. I right. mean, if you look at the Midwest League, you got a lot of great ballparks to the east, but in the West Conference, that's mm-hmm. where you have your older stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, Clinton, Iowa is now installing a video board. Okay. that That's telling you that, <laughs> yeah, it's it's old school okay. out there in the West. All right. In the east, you got your new, you know, your new – Ballpark amenities. Right. Out in the West, you'll be lucky if you get a hot dog and beer. Nice. So you do some stuff at Fifth Third. Where else are you? You're uh, actually there's uh, um, you jump up all kinds of places. <laughs> <laughs> well, like you said, Coach. I mean, I'm so busy sometimes I forget who I am half the time. Right. Uh, but there there was the Bob Ross Classic. I got to announce okay that, that one. Uh, that was that was really cool seeing the high school seniors play, mm-hmm. and just I felt like I was on top of the world. Yesterday on my hockey broadcast, I said I was on top of the world, but that's because I was standing on a chair because there were so many people nice. in front. I can't <laughs> see the eyes. Help. Nice. But, uh, no, just being in that booth with the microphone, it's – I love it. So what's a big break for you that you're hoping for? Uh, now I'm interviewing you. <laughs> it's your podcast, and I'm wait, asking you questions. Wait a minute. That's, that's <laughs> not how this podcast goes. That's not how this podcast goes. Uh, my big break, huh? Um a job. Okay. A job. Uh, I do so much freelance stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I want to keep doing that. I don't want to lose my jobs at Wright State or Dayton. Right. Maybe they'll turn into, you know, maybe I'm the next Larry Hanskin or Chris okay. Collins. I, okay. don't, I don't know. Maybe right. I'm not. Okay. Maybe maybe I keep doing it. I don't know. I mean, it. my purpose of the podcast has always been about local sports. Awesome. And 
if I can go on one of these sports stations and talk about local sports and do this sort of thing live, I'll consider myself I've made it type of thing. I always thought if one of them, you know, I always use WONE as an example because Chick subs in our building mm-hmm. and I got to sit on Chick's show a couple times. I always thought if they would take an hour a week on a Friday night after basketball games are over or an hour after high school football games are over, give local sports an hour. I understand that it's tough and view and people that listen and how many listeners are going to have, but they don't have to give us all week. Chick said he had a difficult time putting together a show every day. Which I get. I mean, I got a weekly podcast. I mean, the last few weeks I've been doing multiple episodes a week. And sometimes I feel like I'm hitting the same topics again Mm -hmm. and again and again and again. But at the same time, there's always something new. There's something changing every day. Right. I don't know if I have that same problem. I don't know. Maybe I'm just – But I would like if one of them could give somebody an hour a night. I always thought it would be neat to to sit in that studio on a Friday night after basketball scores came in or while football scores are coming in and take callers, talk about high school games – one night a week, if they would give us, I thought that would be a neat thing to do. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's a sponsor in Dayton that would sponsor it. I mean, Marion's Pizza is probably one of the most successful businesses in town. Mm-hmm. Mike sells. I mean, there's got to be someone that would do that. Right. I, I have all these ideas. I'm just a hack. I, yeah. I, I mean, I'm, this is not my career, but I have all these ideas, and, and that would be one of them if we could get an hour a week, you know, on a local station. The- the one thing that always bothered me, when 980 carries the Dragons games, mm-hmm. once Tom signs off, that's it. You're back to national radio. and Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's all national. There's one there's one local sports talk guy I know. He's a Wright State grad, Justin Kinner. He's okay. a good guy, too. All right. And he actually had my job at WWSU as well uh, after I graduated. So I know he does his best, but we got to make it local. Right. The communities need to be showcased. Right. This is Dayton, Ohio we're talking about. You if, and me and Mark Schlemmer go in there and take over the place and barricade the door. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you two can do – Wait, if this is illegal, I have to edit it. <laughs> you two can do your thing and I'll work security and – I think you could bench a tank. <laughs> so <laughs> don't mess with Don't mess with Ron. So now I'm too old for that kind of stuff. But no, just give us an hour a week, you know. I mean, for people to call in and talk about their team or their school or after the football games. I mean, that'd be a huge hit. I know there's local radio stations around here that do great work. I mean, I'm part of WTGR for a couple games. I mean, it's a long hike to Dark County, Mm -hmm. but I'm not turning that down. I get to see a lot of great local kids. I get to see I got to cross the state line and broadcast the game in Indiana for the first time in years, which, you know, it's. You know, whoop-de-doo, you're calling a game. But, no, it was really neat. We always Tim Fries and I talk a lot, too. Since he's in coaching now, and I don't want to nudge him out of coaching because he does such a good job. But we talk about him and I calling games someday. But That'd be cool. I would like to see the, the GWOC have their own network. People could tune in and log on to the site, listen to the game if they can't get a ticket. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. You pick one game a week that's going to have the biggest crowd or whatever you want to do, football, basketball, however you want to do it. But I, I envision them having some kind of their own network also. I mean, with the availability of capture cards and cameras and everything, it's not that 
bad. Right. It's we could interview bad. coaches and yeah. and have uh, talk shows. I Years ago when they had access cable, Larry Holden had his own show in Beaver Creek. So I have, I have all these ideas. But like I said, you guys are the professionals, and I'm just a hack. But yeah. I got all these things since I got out of coaching that I'm thinking about, well, that would be neat to do, and that would be neat to do. And now that I get to sit behind a microphone and people, a couple of them anyway, listen to what I say. So – I know there's more than a couple. We'll Ron. see. This, we'll see. I, I'm looking forward to releasing this episode because, like I said, you're my good friend. I liked working with you when I was at uh, Gem City Sports calling the games. And you and I, we we, uh, we have some chemistry. We do a good job. I mean, you yeah. carry me. Like I said, I'm just a hack, but I like to talk basketball. And I can tell people what's going on from a coach's point of view. And, you know, when you, you're in that realm they have to listen to you and that's how you found me because i think it was through chick Lugwick. i was I, just um i forget how i mean it was an email and it's like hey join me for a game i'm back in miamisburg this day bam there was a point where i got um out of coaching and i was just going through and i was going to games watching our kids play and i would see there's two guys broadcasting a game. There's a website, and there's a website, and I just started contacting. I even did a game. Who are the guys out of Springfield? Um, um, is it the WIZE folks? I, is I that Coach Scobie? No, it's a website, and I can't remember the guys. Really good guy. Top Billing Sports? Top Billing Sports. Worked with them once. Bryant is now the sports editor at uh, Sydney. Bryant Billing, yeah. Bryant Billing, yes. Good guy. I worked with them once um, just because I just called him and they said, yeah, sure, jump in. So I did that. And and then um, Sean Stidham called Eric Linsky. They went to high school together mm-hmm. and says, hey, do you want to do a game? And Linsky said, I wouldn't know what to do or what to say. He goes, but call Russo. So Sean called me, and that was a few years ago. And ever since, you know, I did I do three or four with them. So, yeah, like I like I said, I'm just a hack that just tried to tell people what's happening. But yeah, we had some good. We called some good games. Yes, we did. We like I mentioned, the yeah, uh, the Miamisburg Lebanon game, and I think the first Miamisburg game I did was against Fairborn, and the Skyhawks had a fairly decent team. Right, they weren't. Uh, this wasn't Fairborn's top of the year, but. They were pretty right. decent. I forget the players that were just – I just see the point guard and just see him slash from the top of the key, and I forget his name. I can't remember myself I, either. But, uh, yeah, I got all these things in my head, but I'm not in broadcasting, and that's not what I do for a living, but I just have these things that I think would be neat to do in an hour – Friday nights on a local radio station would be cool. Yeah. Our league having their own network, you know, that people could just log in and and we could archive interviews with coaches and that kind of stuff. So we'll I mean, see if any of it happens, but I do have ideas in my head. I mean, the streaming I do for high school hockey, it's on YouTube. So right. So you can make it accessible for everyone that can't make it. I mean, mm-hmm. I, yeah, you can you can get it done. With, mm-hmm. with what schools have anymore, I'm sure all the 20 schools have internet in the G-Walk. Don't hold me to that, but... Um, you would think they eh. would. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I was happy when I got uh, live broadcast to work at Twin Valley South. Nice. I mean, if you've ever been to that gym, for boys basketball, we have to sit in the Panthers' peak, which is a long climb up, and then you just see the court and you feel like... Again, you're on top of the world. Is that one of those ladders up the wall and then onto like a catwalk or a press box up at the top or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, 
hey, getting to call game in my hometown, that was cool. I bet so it was. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm awesome. not doubting on that. And I didn't fall or break my neck or break my equipment. So way to go. Look yeah. at me. <laughs> I like Tri County North setup because they, it was literally a broadcasting closet. But once you open the door, you have your own little corner over the gym. So that was a real cool oh, okay. place. Nice. Eaton, we were on, on the press row. National Trail, we were just behind the press row. So that was cool. I never got to do a game at Preble Shawnee, which is where my dad went. Mm. So, but yeah, I mean, it can happen. Yeah. So I, you and, know, I have some ideas. We'll see what happens. But you're right. Something needs to happen on local radio somewhere where people can talk about their teams and listen to their team scores and talk about the games and, you know, give us an hour once a week. I know my podcast is supposed to be local sports, and I know I don't get to everything local sports-wise, but do know that I care about these kids, and I care about the sports around here. Right, and you do a nice job, and, and you know what? You're, there's no favoritism from you either. You'll, you're everywhere. It's, there's yeah. no certain league that you're focused on. There's no certain division. There's no boys or girls, whatever. I, w- I want to see athletes and athletics succeed in Dayton, Ohio, and Cincinnati, Ohio, because this is where I'm from, and I want to see Southwest Ohio do well. Right. That's what I want to do. And by the way, you are not a hack. Stop saying you're a hack. <laughs> Stop well, saying you're a hack. No I, formal training, Lee. No formal training. I mean, hack. I didn't have any formal <laughs> training. It was just a childhood dream when I started uh, college. I should tell you, when I started hockey, um, the president of the club had to give me a rules book because I was that oh, bad really? at it. Wow. But uh, somehow people like me. And there I'm like, hey, that's cool. So, I mean, I was talking to one of the parents of the Alter Knights. They won 5-3 to three yesterday against Centerville. And Alter's struggling this year because they mm-hmm. only have, oh, God, how many kids do they have? It, it, less than Centerville. And okay. Centerville doesn't have that many kids in hockey to begin with. But – it was a good battle. It's a lot of fun. And like you said, I don't hold favoritism. I mean, right. I, I wear my Centerville Elks Bauer hockey jacket because that thing is like the Buick of jackets everywhere. <laughs> right. I, I, I don't know how Springboro people uh, put up with me when I call their games, but I don't have any Springboro stuff. So there you there, go. There we go. It's their but, fault. Yeah, give me a Bauer. Well, give me a sweatshirt. I'll wear Something. a sweatshirt. Right. Something. But, no, I mean, like I said, I want local sports to do well. That's what I care about. That's what my podcast is about. That's why I have you on because, again, you're my friend. You're you're rooted into the Miamisburg community, and you know your stuff. Well, I try, but I do like this. I do like the idea of being able to watch basketball, um, working with Sean, and and adding some insight every now and then to a basketball game. That's fun for me. I can schedule the nights when I work you know, around my kids playing and things like that. So it's worked out good. I'd like to do it more. If I do it more, great. If I don't do it as much as I do now, that's great too. But um, I, when you you know this because you have a creative mind, and I don't even know if I have a creative mind, but when you start doing stuff like this, you think, you know what else we could do? Or you know what other games we could do? Or you know what other ideas, you know, like the a network for the GWOC or like a Friday night show on O&E or something. Yeah. You start getting all these ideas in your head. So that's kind of where I'm at now. I mean, I, I get that too because I have these ideas, but it's just like I don't know who really to talk to that actually says, I don't yeah. either. Like, I don't either. I mean. I, yeah. I like, a, you know, I'm just a high school, retired high school girls coach. I don't have those kind of connections. But I used to like it when, when Chick worked in town. And we did have that connection. But 
now he's you know he's on 35 states he's big time now yeah he's at uh the big one yeah the big one wlw wlw yeah i actually know a broadcaster uh for molar hockey that works at wlw but um Coach, let me ask you this one thing because okay. I think you have to start leaving, right? No, we're good. Okay. Yeah. Um, Coach, let me ask you this one question. Have you thought about returning to coaching? You never say never, leave. Here's the thing that's keeping me from doing it. Um, just because of personal situations, I have a sixth grader and an eighth, a sixth grade boy and eighth grade girl that I raised by myself. So, And they're involved in stuff. My daughter's a uh, year-round soccer player, except for basketball season. We don't do that. When it's yeah. basketball season, it's basketball season. <laughs> so she plays basketball, too. I have a son that plays basketball. He plays lacrosse. He's very active in martial arts, traveling to tournaments. Um, so I'm not going to sacrifice that to coach. Maybe when they're older, maybe when they're both in high school, maybe when they can both drive. I don't know. Um, I do miss it when I get into the gym or when I'm watching a game. But it's all the other stuff that goes with it and the energy and the preparation and the time that I just don't have right now. But I don't tell anybody that I'm never going back to do it. I still do it every day just to my son or to my daughter or to some kid in the hallway or, you know, whatever it is. You, you never really give it up. I'm helping Allison here. She comes to see me. Um, I'm taking notes at games that I watch. I had this another idea. I've been taking all these notes and writing things down for tips for youth coaches. Mm -hmm. And I thought about, I wonder if I should start a blog, but then I'm not a writer. So, you know, but I have all these, I have like 15 to 20 things now that I can maybe put on Twitter or if I was a writer, I could have my own blog. And they're just tips for youth basketball coaches that I think they're things they need to know that I see from watching games. So I do that kind of stuff. But So I'm always coaching. I just don't have my own team. Well, you mentioned not being a writer, but you also mentioned, you know, how the G-Walk should have its own network type of thing. And you got a TV station here. We do here. have a I TV mean, station here. I know it. YouTube account, share that, social media, bam. I know it. These kids here at Myersburg are amazing. They There's 12 of them that produce a live morning announcements here every day. Which is cool. We start at 7.15. They're here at 6.30 and rehearsing and setting up in the control room. And then they all have – they produce a show on Fridays. They used to do broadcast games from here. Tim Freeze used to call them. Before he got the head coach's job. Nice. So they used to broadcast Myersburg basketball on closed circuit and local cable. They got all the stuff. The gym's wired for it. So you never know. You never, never know. Never know. I mean, that's that's pretty cool. Right. I always wanted to see if Centerville's radio station would come out and do hockey because they do football. Right. I don't know how much basketball they do, but, you know, come out and do I've hockey. listened to those kids. They do a pretty nice job for, you know, a high school yeah. radio station. It's I mean, they're learning. They're kids. Right. They're going to learn. They're going to learn what not to do in sports casting. I mean, I learned that in college type of thing. I so. just think there's a market for people who, if it's a sold-out game, people who didn't get a ticket, mm -hmm. people who are too old to maybe go and fight that crowd, alumni who are now out of town mm -hmm. that want to hear these broadcasts of their team play. Well, you know, when you and I did the girls' game here – 
we had a listener from Florida because we advertised it a little bit. It was alumni that were listening to his granddaughter play. And so I think there's a market for that kind of stuff. And those kids do a nice job over there. Absolutely. I mean, when I do hockey, whether it be youth hockey for Dayton Stealth, Elks, Panthers, what have you, I get all these compliments from parents that, A, they can't make it from their town or they have grandparents that live around the mm-hmm. world. Uh, right. I was told by Northern Kentucky's team that a brother that's serving with the United States military in Kuwait, he gets to watch his brother win Northern Kentucky's at South Metro. So awesome. That's really cool. Yep. And it's really, really cool, too, because I'm looking forward to broadcasting Kentucky State hockey. Oh, uh, cool. First weekend of nice. March, I get to go to Lexington. So Nice. I mean, really excited. So Nice. Uh, Coach, do you have any – Last words for this podcast? Uh, no, I think I gave you all the ideas, stuff that I got in my head, and we'll see if any of them happen. But and uh, but you're doing a good job. I had fun. You Thank know. you, Coach. It's I knew I wanted to do this episode with you. I I knew that it'd be fun. I mean, right now pre-editing is an hour and twelve minutes. Okay, going on. I mean, most of my roundtable go up to two hours, but individually, this is cool. This yeah, is really cool. It's a good idea. Things that you're doing, you get to talk to a lot more people and get your word out there. And absolutely, it's, yeah, it's a good gig. You needed more to do. It's not like you do anything else. So you needed. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Job. I don't do anything. Right. What are you you about? needed another job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's Ron Russo, former girls basketball coach here at Miamisburg, current teacher here at Miamisburg High School, and a current sports broadcaster with SundaySports.com. Also available for hire. Coach, if people. If people want to get a hold of you uh, on social media. Uh, let's see. You can email me here at school at rrusso at miamisburg.k12.oh.us. Um, I'm, I'm Brady's Dad 01 on Twitter. Brady's Dad 01 on Twitter. I got a Facebook account. So, yeah, however they want to do it. Quick question. What's with the tennis ten- – What's with the tennis tech? What's with the Texas Tech logo? Well, Coach Knight was at Texas Tech. Oh. Uh-huh. Ah. Yeah, see? Coach. He was, he was also at Indiana. I was. I followed him there, too. I see. Oh, yeah. I was just curious. And then they're back now. They're relevant. And <laughs> <laughs> and Chris Beard, who was a, is a former Coach Knight assistant when he was at Texas Tech, their head coach now. So, yeah, as soon as they got I jumped back in there, put that back on. But, yes. Nice. Um, just curious on that. Coach Knight. That's it. That's why. Yep. You can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, the iHeartRadio app, Acast, CastBox, Player.fm, Anchor.fm, Overcast, PocketCast, Podchaser, Podbay.fm, Listen Notes, Radio Line, Spreaker, and Podbean. That will do it here from Ohio Star City and Miamisburg. For my guest, Ron Russo, this is Lee W. Mallon signing off on episode number 27. Thanks for listening to The Gem on the Queen's Crown. Don't forget to like the Facebook page, The Gem on the Queen's Crown. Follow the podcaster, The Lee W. Mowen, on Twitter and Instagram. Also, visit www.theleewmowen.com and www.gemcitysports.com.